This is the Everything EV Podcast by EV Powered. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everything EV Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything electric. I'm your host, Charlie Atkinson, and in these episodes we'll be discussing everything to do with electric travel. So whether it be cars, bikes, boats, or even planes, we'll have it covered. We'll also be speaking to people from within the industry to get their views on the EV space, as well as other features such as electric car reviews, electric motorsport coverage, and much, much more along the way. This podcast is available on all streaming platforms, so be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from to receive every single episode as soon as it's released. And please do go back and check out all our other episodes too. Today we're speaking with Mike Strauman from parking app Just Park. Just Park was launched in 2006 with the intention of making it easier for drivers to find and book a parking space, and 15 years later, the company is aiming to help electric vehicle drivers do the same. As Just Park's director of EV, Mike is here to discuss the company's commitment to electric vehicles, the importance of community charging, and how the landscape of EV charging may change over the next few years. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast, first of all, and just off the back of that intro, I was wondering if you could tell us the story behind Just Park's commitment to EVs and where that all began. Sure. So thanks, Charlie, for having me. Um, Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about Just Park then. So so Just Park is a business that's around 15 years old. Um, the, the, the core, the original part of the business is a, is a marketplace for, for parking. So the Airbnb of parking is, as it were, um, but also providing B2B solutions for parking as well. Um, in the last sort of 18 months to two years, we've gone on, on a transition in, in understanding that our sort of superpower in sourcing locations and providing a marketplace from a parking perspective can also be lent really powerfully to the EV transition. Um, and so, you know, I, I run the EV department as a director of EV, and what we do is we have two core products that we offer or services from an EV perspective. The first is community charging, and, and essentially what that is, as you may have heard from others, is essentially the Airbnb of charging. So anyone with private charging infrastructure can avail that on our platform and provide a proxy driveway experience to someone else. Um, so, if you, so if you're one of the 40% of people or households in the UK who don't have access to a private drive, you can, you can book in advance and guarantee a charge at a proxy driveway through the Just Park Community Charging Network. So that's one product. The second product is how do we extend this community charging concept to satisfy fleets? And if we look at the population of fleet drivers, particularly those who take their vehicles home rather than depot charging, um, around 75% of those drivers don't have access to off-street parking and as a result can't enjoy the benefits of having a guaranteed charge at the beginning of their day or, or a guaranteed private off-street charging location. And so what Fleet Charge does is it sources a location within five minutes walk of a driver's, look, of a driver's home. It electrifies that space, provides it with 100% renewable electrons through our partners at Octopus Energy, and then guarantees that space for that driver on a one-to-one basis or a private network type basis. Um, so really, you know, from, from a Just Park perspective, our mission from in, for, for EV is to knock down the barriers to EV adoption by democratizing off-street parking and charging. Okay, great. And now I just wanted to touch on your role specifically because Director of EV, I mean, that's an amazing title and it sounds sort of all-encompassing. So on a day-to-day basis, what occupies your time and what are you working on at the moment, for example? Yeah, so, so um, within Just Park, we have, we have four business units. Um, we have a marketplace business unit, we have a client services business unit, we have the EV business unit, and then we have an operational or excellence 
business unit for the core of the business. Um, so my role is to run the, the EV business unit, and I'm responsible for everything from an operational perspective in, you know, in delivering the SLAs and delivering those charges into the market, if that's for the community charging or fleet charge proposition, all the way through to the commercial piece in delivering fleet charge into the market and interacting with clients and winning new clients. Um, so really this kind of, in, in a way, we are a new business within Just Park, and my accountability is to run that end-to-end. Um, Okay, well, I mean, it does sound like you're very busy. So thank you for finding the time to chat with me today. But just moving on slightly, with community charging, it seems to be one of these buzzwords in the industry that has become popular fairly recently. And even in the last year, I mean, we've had other apps like CoCharger on the podcast. So as there's quite a few different apps and services for community charging, what would you say is JustPark's USP and its major selling point? Sure. And, you know, I, what I really love about this market in general is that there are lots of options. And I think we need community charging, no matter who provides it as a solution to really democratize off-street charging. So I love it. Um, and I think it's really important. Um, from, a, from a Just Park perspective, I guess what differentiates us is that we, a couple of things. The first is that in the community charging experience, we offer the, the host or the space owner is compensated both for their parking space and the electrons. And so that is an asset, you know, an economic asset that they need, that they that they extract rent from. And in principle, the, the, the concept is that they can set their own price for electrons and set their own price for parking. And hopefully that provides a compelling alternative to public charging networks and still avails that solution to others. So through our platform, we allow that. Um, the other thing that's unique, I guess, or that's interesting about the Just Park platform is that we are device agnostic. So it doesn't matter which device you have in your driveway, you can still interact with the charger and, the, and essentially the parking space through the bookable platform of Just Park. Um, and again, that's really compelling because you can then book that in advance and have regular access to it. Um, and I guess the third piece is that we are, you know, as a 15-year-old sort of brand in the industry, we have amazing relationships and inventory of both parking but also charging infrastructure, um, you know, across you know thousands of locations from a parking perspective both on B2B and driveway. So we offer in these community charging locations, both it could be a church, you know, a charger that's elect that has been electrified at a church as well as someone's private domestic property. Yeah, what you said at the start of that answer there is really quite interesting because I mean, when I spoke to Joel from CoCharge on the podcast before, he said a similar thing where their main aim is not to be the biggest community charging app out there, but they would rather work with everyone together to try and achieve this common goal of having people make the switch over to an electric vehicle. And it seems like you guys have a similar mindset. So just on that, how important is community charging for the bigger picture of accelerating the switch to electric vehicles and encouraging people to move over? Of course, personally, I believe it's very important. Um, but I think what we need to recognize from an industry perspective is that charging behavior and driving behavior of EV drivers is really still kind of unknown. You know, the, 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 the driver of the future or the EV driver of the future will, will graze, will charge everywhere, will take all different options and a menu of different options in order to fulfill their charging needs. Today for IC vehicles, it really is just one option if you exclude the jerry can. You know, and if you, if you then think about EV drivers, they will have all these options and no one knows how to utilize them perfectly yet. And so what's exciting to me is that availing different options for different use cases will be what is the solution of the future. And, and I agree with what Joel says as well. 
you should charge your car when you're not using it, right? And so for the majority of people, they're parking in, and when they're parking, they could be charging. And if we can give that option through the community charging network, then we should be doing so. I think the other part of this is that not everyone has the same use case or conditions for using public charging networks or destination chargers. And there are right, wrong or indifferent, there are some limitations to some of those aspects. So again, having another option where when your asset is out of use, you can then you can then charge and guarantee that charge if that's bookable or not um, is really important to the ecosystem. Yeah, it's interesting when you compare it to internal combustion engines, because if you drive a petrol and diesel car, when the fuel light comes on, you just sort of look out the window and spot a petrol station and away you go. But the EV industry isn't quite at that stage yet. And it's almost at this in between point where more and more people are making the switch and they want to make the switch because they know it's cheaper and better for the environment, for example. But there's these if buts and maybes that still exist over charging and, and things like that. And what do you do if you don't have a driveway? Where do you charge then? So for me, there needs to be this sort of big education piece, which is where the likes of Just Park and CoCharger come in, where you explain to people that, OK, if you can't charge at home, these are your options and you don't just have to rely on a public charger. I completely agree. And it really resonates with me, the point you're making about education. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges out there in, in sort of the market today is that there is a, there is a lot of innovation, which, excite, which is exciting. There is a lot of information out there, which is good or bad, or you know, lots of opinions. As a consumer or as a fleet business, it's hard to cut through that and really understand what you need to do. What is the, the source of truth? What is the simple set of information that allows me to take decisions on electrifying my fleet or electrifying my personal car? And so, you know, we all both in business, but also from a government perspective, have an obligation to really simplify that message. And we as solution providers need to then contribute to that by making it really easy to use our experience and to solve those problems or perceived challenges um, that that individual drivers or fleets have. And we hope at Just Park as part of our mission to be a part of that solution. Yeah, just on that, obviously, within your role, you're sort of right at the heart of the industry. And so when people discuss things like the government 2030 targets and, and things like that, in your personal opinion, is enough being done to reach those targets and to create that whole ecosystem of public chargers and, and to encourage people to make the switch to an EV ultimately? I mean, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, I don't think it will ever be enough. But, but, you know, do I commend the efforts that everyone is making to, to, to really do that? Absolutely. I think what the, you know, the challenge, but what's also really exciting about the market is, is that there is, as I said before, a lot of technological development, a lot of innovation, a lot of options, each with, as they're part of a growth curve and also an experience curve for EV drivers. With so many of these solutions being tested and proven and deployed, you know, and, and also with a variety of different price points, someone needs to bring all these together. And, and that's what I, what I sort of call from my perspective, the convergence or the, technology, the technological convergence. And so what will be really compelling in the future and what really sticks is, a, a, you know, a set of converging technologies that are bolted together into something that really sticks and really helps then, then users experience one set of experience or an easy set of experiences that make it really usable. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just off that, obviously, you touched on there, but Just Park has both the consumer side and the fleet and business side. So how do some of the challenges that we've just talked about compare on that commercial side? Because 
I mean, it's not just about me or any other average Joe making the switch to an electric vehicle, but there are lots of businesses and fleets out there that need to do the same in order for us to achieve this complete switch over to electric vehicles, isn't there? I mean, it's really interesting because there's a lot of rhetoric in the market about total cost of ownership and how total cost of ownership for the life cycle of a vehicle, an electric vehicle is less than a, uh, you know, a internal combustion engine vehicle. And that's, that's true. I think there's a lot of information out there which sort of tries to argue with that or debate that and also different components of that life cycle. But that's a really important point. The challenge for businesses at the moment are, you know, the, 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 the technological leaders and, and the sort of the greenies of, of organizations thinking about the green transition are really, you know, are really excited about the switch to EV. But then the folks that own the fleets and operate the fleets are also operating within the constraints of existing purse strings and budgets. And without knowledge of how the ecosystem will play out, of how the charging infrastructure will play out, it's hard to take choices around really assessing that cost of ownership and life cycle costs versus what they currently have today. And so what we're doing at Just Park is we're spending a lot of time and effort in trying to demystify a little bit of that and making a really clean comparison between the sort of the equivalent cost of diesel or even, let's say, rapid charging networks to our fleet charge solution and other solutions. Um, and we're, we're trying to bring that to the fore and enable folks to make really comprehensive and, and educated decisions around how that will play out for their fleet. I think the other piece I would add is that you know, businesses are, are making commitments to electrification for 2025 or sooner. And the, the sort of lowest hanging fruit is our, our drivers that have their own driveways at home. But for drivers who don't, is it a depot solution? Do they bring their, their vehicles home? how do they rationalize that with all the different options out there? And again, what we're doing at Just Park is we're trying to address that 75% of that population who bring their vehicles home and don't have off-street parking, providing a solution for them and guaranteeing that sort of, that, that charge in the morning. Um, a concept that we're spending a lot of time talking about is opportunity cost. And if you consider the opportunity cost to an individual fleet driver or to a business in taking time out of their earnable day to utilize a public charging network, um, you know, that takes away from their earnable time as well as if they need to search and find for another location or if they need to queue or if in, in the rare instance that, you know, that devices are disabled or un unable to be used, that contributes to an overall cost and impact to the business that again, having a guaranteed bookable charge point that you can charge overnight when the vehicle isn't in use eliminates that cost. Um, so we're excited about that. Yeah, I always think it's interesting because there are still a lot of people out there that are skeptical about electric cars and there's a lot of misinformation surrounding them. So, I mean, I'd be amazed to know how many businesses are out there that don't realise how much money they could be saving and how efficient they can be just by electrifying their fleets. And I mean, I'll be honest, my understanding of Just Park before this interview was that you just help find parking spaces for people. But it's really interesting to know that a lot of your work goes into educating people and businesses and helping them understand the benefits of moving over to an electric fleet. Let me, to your point, and I appreciate you saying that, and that's also something that we at Just Park are really, really passionate about. For, for you and also for listeners to the podcast, let me give you a real example of what this opportunity cost looks like. Because again, I think it's something that is a little bit mysterious and a little bit scary to think about. So in the research that we've done with fleets, um, we observe that there's a potential of up to maybe even more than 16 hours a month spent on searching for chargers, queuing for chargers, potentially dealing with, with, with broken ecosystem or infrastructure. 
And as a result, those 16 hours become a cost to that business from a fleet perspective. So if you're your, if you're your own business or you work for a fleet, that's 16 hours a month that you take out of your schedule on top of the actual charging time. And if, you, you know, if you're a wage earner and you're earning 15, 15 pounds an hour, that's 240 pounds a month of earnable time that you lose if you depend solely on a solution that potentially has a number of pitfalls which are being worked on today to improve. And so we as a business in Just Park are really excited to be discussing with potential partners the idea and the opportunity to eliminate or alleviate that cost pressure. And as a result, through the solution of fleet charge, essentially hand that value back to the business. Yeah, just on the subject of those facts and figures, can you give us a bit of an idea of how many users you have for EV spaces and how many businesses you're working with, for example? Community charging as a solution is one of the fastest growing networks in the UK. Um, the networks have been growing sort of over 50% of their of their size since June this year. The Just Park community charging network is around, around and above 1,000 locations and has been growing, as I say, around 50 locations per week since the middle of the year. It's really exciting growth. In terms of the businesses we work with from a fleet perspective, our sort of headline main public partner is Addison Lee. And Addison Lee has made a commitment to electrify their entire um, their entire fleet by 2023. And through Just Park, they will be able to do that, particularly for their drivers who bring their vehicles home um, who don't have access to off-street parking. So it's, it's a really exciting partnership. Um, we have a number of others from job type fleet to other types of fleet that we're working with, but at this time, I, I wouldn't be able to share that. Okay, that's great. Thank you for that. And now we're sort of at the stage in the podcast where I ask our guests to get their crystal ball out and to give their predictions for the future. And when you just going back to when you said that community charging is one of the biggest ways of charging your electric vehicle, how big a role do you see it becoming out of all the forms of charging, say base charging, route and destination charging? Where do you see that fitting in, in amongst that sort of hierarchy? So there are a number of different measures we could use to sort of assess that, right? One is size and the other is utilization. Um, but generally speaking, home and base charging is what community charging will provide to, to drivers, a proxy for what you would have had if you had your own driveway. And I fundamentally believe that the, the that you know a a material part of the of the future EV driver base will be utilizing a proxy home charging ecosystem or an existing home charging ecosystem for the majority of their charging needs. Um, I anticipate that in the next couple of years that the largest networks as in terms of volume will be driven by community charging networks, which is exciting. And that creates this amazing marketplace that you can find wherever you go, not just in dense city centers, for example, a place where you can charge and not have to rely on the destination charging or the rapids with, with queuing and all the other components, which, which have their case and they're really important, but they're not the right thing for everybody. Um, so I love the idea personally of being, you know, a, a year or two from now, being able to look in my, you know, in my, uh, the console of my car or on my, or on my phone and say, right, I'm going to this location and I can book a charger at my destination, which is a proxy home charging experience that has really exciting overnight tariffs, um, and is provided by hundred percent renewable energy. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I'm looking to in the future. Well, you just said there that you'd like to be there in a couple of years. And so I suppose my next question after that is, in your mind, how possible is it and realistically 
how far away are we from being able to get into our electric car, drive about and be able to find a charger whenever you need it? How far away are we from that being the norm? Well, if you consider that there are around 300, 400,000 EVs on the roads today, of which around 90% of those have their own dedicated charge point, um, if it's at home or at, at work, the infrastructure exists today for thousands and thousands of these types of charge points to be availed through something like community charging and be made, made usable by lots of drivers. So the capacity is actually there today and will only get better when future charge points are installed, installed at people's homes. Take the news in the last week or so about all new homes having a charger attached to them. You know, this kind of thing will is coming and, and it's real. And as I say, I think the infrastructure already exists today. It's just whether or not people know about folks like Just Park, like ourselves, that they can list and share that asset with somebody else. Um, so I think that it's within the next, within the next couple of years, potentially sooner, that you'll see the sort of proliferation of a network like this in a usable way. It's really exciting. Okay, great. And if we could just stick with that theme of looking ahead into the future, if we were to say five years into the future, for example, what would you like the overall EV landscape to look like in terms of the number of EVs on the road, the state of charging infrastructure? What does that all look like to you? I mean, the, the single biggest thing that's sort of popping out in my mind that, I, that, I, that I'm looking toward in my crystal ball and potentially even sooner than 2027 is I would really like to, to not have five RFID cards in my car in order to use, in order to use networks. Um, and I know that, you know, the tap and go payments and things like that are, are coming and, and they're part of the OC, uh, you know, OCPP, um, OCPI ecosystem for chargers and, and, and back offices being installed, which is really great. Um, having an ecosystem by which me as, a, me as a driver or a fleet as a driver can essentially use all available, all available kit using one experience or a limited number of experiences and pay and settle in the same way, this kind of convergence of technology, a payment ecosystem of device is something that I really look forward to. Um, and just park as an example, as I said before, is device agnostic is sort of, and, and we could be a community charging solution that's providing that experience, which is really exciting. Um, I would also like to see um, the, this, again, with this convergence concept, more of the technologies at the upstream and downstream part of EV usage being bolted on in, in a seamless experience. So if you think about renewable energy um, supply through to um, charge delivery and vehicle to grids with renewable energy through to an application landscape that simplifies the charging network experience so that you're using a limited number or one ecosystem through to other parts of the technology value chain. That to me is really exciting. And I think what will be the most sticky part of future solutions for both fleets and for everyday consumers. One of the things I really, really enjoy about working in this business and what supports with my sort of passion in this area is that whilst there are competitive businesses and everyone's looking for their solution, the community is really collaborative and, and everybody knows that solutions depend on each other and will only be amplified by each other. And so working in this space is really exciting because what we're doing is we're delivering this transition for everybody and we can only do it together. Um, and yeah, so that really gets me out of bed in the morning. That's all for this episode. Many thanks for listening. And if you liked it, then please do check out all our other episodes and be sure to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you get every single episode as soon as it's released. 
The daily news coverage, features and much more. You can also head over to evpower.co.uk. Thanks once again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the Everything EV Podcast.